0: Right, we're gonna be in John chapter nine, and uh, I'm gonna do my best to get through that chapter. There's a, it's a lot. So there's a, there's seven signs in the book of John. We're uh, I'm jumping ahead, so if if any 180 students see this, like you see that we uh, we're only like on sign two or three on on Wednesday night over there. But I jumped ahead because this is just a cool story. There's a lot in it in John chapter nine, and so. Uh, Let's, yeah, let's just get into it. John chapter 9, verse 1. I don't, are y'all using the HCSB over there? I'm sorry. Then you look far and it messes with you. I can't see. I'm trusting. All right. That is a super colorful. Anyway. All right. Sorry. Distracted. So, John chapter 9, verse 1. As he, talking about Jesus, was passing by, he saw a man blind from birth His disciples questioned him. Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Now this is an interesting thought and question because later it's gonna come up like Jesus says this. Again, his disciples ask him, "Who, uh, who who, who sinned, him or his parents? He says, neither, this man nor his parents sinned. Jesus answered, this came about so that God's works might be displayed in him. So this is exciting to see that you know, hey, this guy and his family aren't just a bunch of sinners and crazy. Uh, it's just, just part of life. And, and from the fall of man, you know, sickness and death just is kind of overtaken the world and it's, it's a part of life. So, you know, not to say that all sickness or whatever is, is, uh, is not from something we've done. Obviously, man, uh, uh, you know a lot of people, they, they get a life of drinking or smoking, you know, you end up getting cirrhosis or whatever. So, But that's not this case. This, guy, this, this man was just born blind. So, uh, verse three, this man, nor his parents, Jesus answered, this came about so that God's work might be displayed in him. We must do the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. So Jesus is telling his disciples here and some of it, you're like, like, what's he saying? Why is he getting so just kind of weird with it? He's like, Hey, we've only got a certain amount of time. A, a, a lot of times I'm trying to like, look looking and what else is, what is he saying? We've only got a certain amount of time. People work during the day, and so he's like, "Hey, you got to go to work. You got to get busy. You got to do what you're supposed to do." So this is that's what he's saying there. Verse six. After he said these things, I, this made me. I, I know I've, I've preached on this before, um, and I couldn't. I was like, "Should we, do we go here again?" But can you imagine? It's, just, it's still funny to me. After he said these things, he spit on the ground. Now, blind people are typically have good hearing, right? So, can you imagine? The guy that's about to heal. I know I've said, this is, I said this a while back. Can you imagine you're, whoosh, <laughs> you should, I'm sure the guy's like, that's gross, you know, because you can't see. <laughs> and then you hear him, the guy that's close to you fiddling with something like, like people aren't gonna, they wouldn't, he wouldn't throw a mud clot at me. or Now I wouldn't throw it. He'd wipe it on your face. All right. So he so he spit on the ground and made some mud from the saliva and spread the mud on his eyes. Yay for healing and spit healing. Spitual? <laughs> uh, sorry. <laughs> Not spiritual. That's a spitual healing. That's on the spot. That's dad jokes. I'm bad with them. I'm sorry. S- some good old spitual healing. Here we go. Um, so he told him, go, he told him, wash it in the pool of Siloam, <laughs> which means sent. So he left, washed, and came back seeing. Now, this is interesting. So this guy just got healed, Okay. And at this point, he hasn't seen Jesus yet. He was blind and now he can see. But he, he's not seen Jesus yet. right? He's got spit and mud all his eyes he's like, "All right, I'm gonna go." And he takes off, and he comes back and where did he go? Well, he, he could be standing right next to him. He doesn't know. Anyway, His neighbors and those who formerly had seen him as a beggar said, "Isn't this the man who sat begging? It's kind of like Superman. Like, how did they not know it was him? Look, someone said, he's the one. No, others were saying, but he looks like him. And he kept saying, I'm the one. This is crazy to me. I'm like, how do you not recognize this guy? I mean, he went from this to this. And they're struggling, like, that's the guy. I don't know, close your eyes. They're, They're struggling. now. It gets deeper than just spit, mud, and eyes. It really does. Because I'm looking, I'm like, eh, like, where's the spiritual side to this? Some of you have caught it. I can tell you're like, I gotta see where you're going. His eyes have been opened, and the people that knew him now don't recognize the way he is. Somebody said, oh, I thought I heard it. Or maybe I just wanted to hear it. So now he's a new person because his eyes have been opened. And the world, even the people that were close to him, don't recognize him. You see that? because he's different now like like before he's you know he's slowly walking because like, I don't want to run into anything or whatever however the, the system was but now his eyes have been opened and the world's struggling to see him as he is so if that's ever been you it's like man that's crazy because people my, it's almost like my family didn't recognize me when I really when God opened my eyes to see the truth you see that it's, it's cool because I was like oh okay let's keep going it gets even better Therefore they asked him, then how were your eyes open? I love it because this guy, he answered, the man called Jesus made mud. Hadn't seen him yet. The man called Jesus made mud. Spread it on my eyes and told me, go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and received my sight. Where is he, they asked. I don't know. It's just it. They brought the man who used to be blind to the Pharisees the day that Jesus made the mud. And opened his eyes, it was a Sabbath. So again, the Pharisees asked him, how did you receive your, How did he receive his sight? He put mud on my eyes. He told them, I washed, I can see. Therefore, some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God. He doesn't keep the Sabbath. But others were saying, how can a sinful man perform such signs? They didn't understand. These people didn't understand what God was doing. And so just like the world, they want to start making excuses like, there's no way. It's got to be something else. He's got to be hypermedicated to have such joy in his life. It's got to be something else other than Jesus. And he's like, no, man. This guy said... Do this. I did. I was obedient when he when, to do what he told me to do, and I'm healed. Therefore, some Pharisees said, "This man is not from God; he doesn't keep Sabbath." This is John 17, and they asked the blind. And they asked, uh, and they asked the blind man, "What do you say about him since he's opened your eyes?" He's a prophet," he said. Now this is interesting. Again, he's heard about him, hasn't seen him, but he's confident because he knows what he did in him. He doesn't have some deep theological response. He's got very little knowledge of who this Jesus really is and what even more he can do. But he knows that God touched him in a certain way where it's unmistakable. And now he's just testifying to what God has done in him. So, okay, so Pastor Tim or whoever, how do Okay, now here's the deal. I haven't seen eyes open like this. I haven't. I've heard about it. I've heard missionaries that, that go overseas all the time. They see this stuff in other, in other countries because people, they have an expectation when they don't have all the medicines that we have and they don't have the, the proper ways of healthcare. That, you, know, you just see supernatural things in places where you just don't, you know, you get third world countries and it's just different. Their faith's at a different level. Oh, if we were, had that type of faith, right? It's like, so how do I do how do I do this? Like, do I, how do I connect with you? How do I change somebody's life if I haven't seen it and I've struggled to believe it and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not laying hands on anybody and seeing them healing? Jesus did something for him that he couldn't do for himself. He did what he could. Now, Jesus was able to do extremely more, a whole lot more, right? But he met him. He's like, this is what I can do for you. This is what I'll do for you. If it translates to me, what can I do? I got to brag on one of my team members. Um... This will probably be the last time you hear me bring her name up because now I started doing it because she did it. And so if you ever hear me talk about this again, it's like, hey, this is something I've been doing for a long time. Anyway, Miss Megan, um, one of our elders, James Mack and Miss Megan, we, we've been going out to the Dream Center for a lot of years. And she's been going with me from the beginning. For This, this is going to be like our eighth year. She's just faithful. Well, she picked up some stuff like second year in and just her heart. God touched her heart. So she comes home and she makes this homeless care package. It's really beautiful, really clever, sweet idea. So when she sees homeless people from time to time, and I'm sure it's like not all the time. Like there's another one, there's another one. She, but when she sees homeless people, she's got this little care package. She keeps it in the trunk of her car or somewhere backseat or something. And so when she sees them, she and it's got like maybe socks, underwear, um, just kind of you know kind of a needs list type thing. So I was like, man, that's beautiful. I took that from her. I was like, that's so sweet. That's so smart. Like. I can connect with people, so I was like, "Man, I went and did that, and went and got some toothpaste, toothbrush, deodorant, lotion, you know, handy wipes." So I was like, "Let's do that," because maybe I, maybe I can't do everything, but I can touch someone, right? I can I can connect with someone. I have to brag on I have to brag on my dad a little bit. I got to I got a chance to meet with one of my good friends. He's more like a brother to me now. Uh, we we were meeting Monday, and um, he said, uh, "Golly, I was." I'm not, I'm not gonna, um, he's, he's, we've been friends for like 37 years now, this is really cool. I'm blessed to have him and some of these other guys as friends, um, we're just talking, and he's like, man, every time I, I last like, I don't know, a couple of years I'd gotten around, he's like, I'm so grateful for your dad, because he was a dad when my dad wasn't there, and he connected with me, he said, I remember one time, we were on a family vacation, and we took a walk. He, he got mad at me, and he took me on a walk, and we were on the boardwalk, and he chewed my butt out for like 15 minutes. And he said, I never felt like that before. I hadn't had a dad just get on to me. And it felt so good just to have somebody say, pick your butt up and act and think better. And I think that's free to find someone that needs a parent. My dad had two, two boys. It wasn't like he needed to go recruit more, but he saw that his, his sons had boys that didn't have a dad as friends, and he stepped in, and it was a surrogate dad for this, this a, a bunch of us, a bunch of them, and that's free. You don't have to go put a homeless package together. You can be Jesus just by meeting somebody where they're at, giving them something that they don't have, and that's free, guys. That's just being Christ. There's a need, I'm going to fill it. It's a a thing that we just pick up as Christians, as believers. There's a need, how can I fill it? How can I get creative to connect with that need and help that need? So he just did that. 35 years later, 37 years later, he's like, I'm so grateful that somebody just reprimanded me and got onto me and chewed my butt out because he loved me and he he meant it. I'm thinking, wow, that's, hey, it's not laying hands, but it's changed a life. That, that man now is serving in his church. He married a Christian woman. They, what's beautiful and crazy is now my friend has taken in two other kids and helped them because somebody did it for him. His eyes were opened and because his eyes were opened now he's going to go and lay hands on other people to open their eyes. I mean, this is the word. Yeah, we can make it super complicated, but it's not. Jesus didn't say, he's like, man, I just met that dude. That's not even the most important thing, whether this guy has vision or not. The most important thing is, is he gonna go to heaven? Well, Jesus takes care of that later, too, but he just met him where he was. All right. He's a prophet. Verse 17, again, they asked the blind man, what do you say about him? He you opened your eyes. He's, he's a prophet? I didn't know how, it doesn't, there's, not, there's just quotations around it. And it seems like there should be like, I don't know, he's a prophet. He's, he's pretty cool. He opened my eyes. Verse 18. The Jews did not believe this about him, that he was blind and received sight until they summoned the parents of the one who received his sight. They asked them, is this your son, the one who was born blind? How then does he now see? We know this is our son. That's cool. He's not Clark Kent to them. they, they, they like, yeah, that's our boy. <laughs> and that he was born blind, his parents answered. But we do not know how he sees. And we don't know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He's of age. He will speak for himself, verse 22. His parents said these things because they were afraid of the Jews. Since the Jews, Jews had already agreed if anyone confessed him as Messiah, he would be banned from the synagogue. This is why his parents said, he's of age, ask him. Just, yeah, it's like, duh. So a second time, they summoned the man who had been blind and told him, give glory to God. It's funny how these people want to get super spiritual now. You better give glory to God. You know, like It's like, man, these guys are fake. Anyway, we know, we know that this man is a sinner. Talking about Jesus, that's who they're, they're accusing. He answered, hey, look, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind and now I can see. I don't know enough. I don't know a whole lot about this Jesus, but I do know that, man, he opened my eyes and I can see, so I'm here to testify of that. Like, I don't, I don't have this deep theological degree, but I can tell you what Jesus did in me and through me. So that's who we're supposed to be. I, it doesn't matter if you know a lot. What has he done in you? He touched my life. He changed my life. I can see now. I was walking around in darkness and blindness, and I couldn't see, but now I can. It's, it's not as difficult as we make it. Verse 26. Then they asked him, what did he do to you? How did you open your eyes? I already told you. You got to see he's frustrated. He said, and you don't listen. Why do you want to hear it again? I like it because he kind of fights back a little bit. You don't want to be his disciples too, do you? Oh man, you gotta know that frustrated them, insulted them. This guy that's coming in and taking over their church and taking their fame, they ridiculed him because they have nothing else better to say. If you're getting ridiculed by people, if they start attacking your character, if they start coming at you, well, watch, watch what they do. They get like super juvenile. Let's go back to junior high right here. This is uh, they ridiculed him. You're that man's disciple, but we're Moses' disciple. It's like, oh, look how big I am now. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but this man, we don't know where he's from. This is an amazing thing. This guy's like, this is amazing. Like, you guys are that thick in your head. And the man, I'm sorry. There's all kinds of the abridged Tim version that I throw in here. This man is, a, this is an amazing thing, the man told them. You don't know where he is from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but if anyone is God-fearing and does his will, he listens to him. Yeah, yeah, Amen to that. That's, that's the word. Throughout history, no one has ever heard of someone opening the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he wouldn't be able to do anything. Now, this is where they attack him. And I remember I told you to remember what they uh, what the disciples were asking him earlier in verse two. Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents? That he was born blind. Jesus says in verse three, neither this man or his parents sinned. You come here to verse thirty four. You were born entirely in sin. They replied. And you were trying to teach us. They threw him out. So these these people that are so educated and woke and whatever, they're like, you're trying to teach us and you're a sinner. That's not what Jesus says. So they start just reaching and grasping for things. But that's not what Jesus says. So they're lying now. Because Jesus is the truth. And anything opposition to that, so they're lying. This is beautiful right here. Verse 35. When Jesus heard that they had thrown the man out, yeah, they found him. He found him and asked, "Do you believe in the Son of God? Do you believe that the Son, Do you believe in the Son of Man?" So people that weren't thinking right threw him out. He's an outcast, even though God's, the Son of God has welcomed him. What does the Good Shepherd do? He goes and finds him, because he's a good shepherd. He's not going to leave him alone. He's not going to leave him out. People start bad mouthing him, and Jesus comes looking for him, like he's come looking for you and me, wherever you're at tonight. He's come looking for you. He's looking for you. Paul, he's as he's writing his letter to Timothy in the end of in Second Timothy chapter four, he's like nobody stood with me. And he starts naming people. He's like, but Jesus stood with me. This guy, he's feeling that. And again, he didn't have all this knowledge and people are accusing him like, ah, could it be real? Is the change real? Is it real? It's like, are you really that guy? He's like, I'm him, but God's just done something to me and I can't explain it all, but it's the truth. It's real. They kick him out and Jesus is the good shepherd and it's beautiful. It's beautiful how this lines up because when you look at John chapter 10, just in the next chapter, Jesus starts talking about what good shepherds are. But before he starts talking about it, he sets the whole next chapter up in the last part of chapter 9 by giving a good example. He's like, this is what good shepherds do. Disciples, watch. He's missing. He's lost. This night, I'm going to go find him. He goes and finds him. And then in John 10, we see that here's the good shepherd. He's like, I just set that example. Now I'm going to tell you about it. He's good. Do you believe in the Son of Man? Verse 36. Who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? He asked. Jesus answered, you have seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. I believe, Lord, he said, and he worshiped him. Right, that's just appropriate. Jesus said, I came into this world for judgment in order that those who do not see will see, and those who see will become blind. Some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these things and asked him, we aren't blind too, are we? Now this is trippy to me. Like, like these guys, they're frustrated with them, they, they don't like him. At times you see in scripture, they try to kill him, like literally try to put their hands on him. He has to evade them because he's like, man, I could destroy all y'all like that. I'm not gonna because I love you too much. And so, but these, these Pharisees, they keep coming and they keep coming, they're coming after him. They won't leave him alone. I got thinking like, aren't there some, aren't there some Pharisees that really got it? In John chapter three, you see Jesus um, one, one Pharisee specifically and he shows up multiple times in, in the book of John which is really beautiful in John chapter 3 Nicodemus, this Pharisee, this teacher of the law and it, you know, hopefully every, you guys know this right? because y'all are all reading your Bible just like I am that's uncomfortable okay, sorry too, too real? I'll stop anyway, so John chapter 3 Nicodemus is like, and he comes at night it's all dark, I'm, they're going to get mad at me because I got in the dark, he's like hey Jesus hey, over here in the shadows. No, it's not Batman. (laughs) Sorry. Again, I work with junior hires. He's like, hey, how do I get into heaven? And Jesus is like, you got to be born again. Spirit has to be born again. Here's what it is. And then he has all kinds of questions. And then you see that he almost leaves like distraught He's like, golly, because he's a Pharisee. Like He knows the truth, and now the truth is standing here talking to him. He's like, what do I do with that truth? Then John chapter 7, you see him show up again. And in John chapter 7, he's not as like, I don't know if I believe all of this. But in John chapter 7, the, 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 uh, the other Pharisees are like, they start accusing Nicodemus. He's like, hold on, but this guy's innocent. He's not guilty. He starts seeing the truth. He's a searcher. He's a believer. So if you're someone that's searching for truth, you're in good company. Because Nicodemus didn't stop. He was super critical, super analytical. He knew so much. He was educated, right? Well-read, well-learned. I mean, this guy... And he had doubts and he had questions, but he kept pursuing truth. John chapter seven, he, ha- he stands up against his friends. He's like, I don't know, man. I think this guy's innocent. I'm like, oh, are you becoming one of them too? And then you see at the end of John chapter 19, when they take Jesus off the cross, he's the one investing his money to start to help bury Jesus. And he brings all these alms in. Because so, I'm thinking, man, this is sad because you, you see Pharisee after Pharisee. Like at the end of John chapter n- uh, nine here, and this guy, I mean, they're like, again, we kind of see it. We're, we're right there towards the end. Some of the Pharisees are with them, heard these things, and asked him, we aren't blind too, are we? Jesus says, if you, if you were blind, Jesus told them, you wouldn't have sin. But now that, you, now that you say, we see, your sin remains. So John chapter 19, one of those Pharisees, and maybe not one of these guys per se, it doesn't mention their names, but we see him come back in John chapter 19 and he's now given his heart because he didn't stop pursuing truth. Guys, this chapter is beautiful. It's the word of God. Right. And so it's all beautiful. But man, it's super simple. The, the, throughout the day, I'm just thinking and praying about it. I'm like, Father, what is it exactly? Jesus showed up, met the guy where he's at, did something for him that he needed, met a need in his life. Open this guy's eyes. This guy now is called. And what's beautiful is, again, because he took a stand, he didn't waver. He had persecution. I'm sure the Pharisees were like, we're about to throw you out. And they do. They throw him out of church. But he stood his ground, didn't know much. I just know, he, I just know what he did in me. I know what I'm supposed to go do. Then the good shepherd comes and gets him. He's like, hey, dude, you're not forgotten, nor are you alone. I'm with you. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. I'll always be with you. One thing that, um, as I was talking to my brother, uh, my good friend Monday, um, something he, he just, he said about my dad. He's like, you know what? He was just consistent. I knew he wasn't perfect because I saw him. I grew up, he grew up in our house. He said he wasn't perfect, and we saw that. I mean, we saw your dad make mistakes or whatever because he was human, but he was just consistent. He was, he was consistent the way he loved you and your brother, and he didn't treat us any different. That's just called Christianity. The Father knows that you're not going to be perfect. He's just looking for you to be consistent. God, I can't heal people, but you can, meet, you can do something. Maybe it's buy a homeless package, put that together. There's no set. You can find good ideas online, but man, just go buy things that you use. Or don't even do that. Just be somebody's dad. Dads, mom, be somebody else's dad. I know this. Is, is it gonna cost you something? Yeah, it is. It's probably gonna cost you something. Is it worth it? Absolutely. Because the Father saw you and saw that you were worth it. This is just being Christian. Helping those who need it. This guy needed somebody and Jesus came and found him. Met him where he was. Church family, if y'all would, I know it's a little early. If y'all would, please just pray with me real quick. If you would, please bow your heads. Before we pray, man, here's your opportunity. If you've been blind, guess what? You showed up to good service. God wants to open your eyes. If you've struggled seeing things, if you're one of those like, I just know a lot and I don't know if I believe, it, Keep searching. Nicodemus didn't have all the answers either. He kept searching. I don't know what's going on with you, don't know where you're at, but God does. He's here to meet you tonight. Tonight's your night. If you have not ever asked the Lord Jesus, Jesus to be Lord of your life. Here's your opportunity. It's not difficult. It's just calling him Lord. Lord just means he's the boss. He's the manager. He's the one that gets to call the shots now. And again, he's not looking for perfection. He's already found that in Jesus. So all we have to do is put our faith in this Jesus who's perfect. And then after that, he's just looking, you be, looking for you to be consistent. King David prayed all the time. God, I'm, I'm just dust. I'm human. I'm, I fail. God took him back because his heart was, was right. right. Over time, I'm not, it doesn't say we have permission to sin. I'm not saying that. Consistently get back up. God's just looking for consistency. He's looking for authenticity. Just be real. He knows that you've got faults. That doesn't scare him. Wherever you're at tonight, if you know in your heart, I'm not right with God. I'm that blind guy. I'm struggling. Here's your opportunity to get things right. I'm going to lead you in a real simple prayer. I'm not going to call you to get up and come forward. Man, if you want to talk to somebody, we're here for that. But this is about as simple as we can do is just pray and then look to just pursue God. Get into your word. Make that a daily part. Like eating, feed your spirit his word. Connect with people. Don't disconnect. God created people because he wanted family. Connects us first to him and then to each other. So connect with people. I don't like people. That's okay. Paul didn't either. God took him and changed his heart. Showed him how to love. I've got too much wrong with me. That's why I just brought up Paul. Because God took Paul, who hated everybody, God included, and God used him. He'll use you too. He's not afraid of whether or not you like him or like people or whatever. That doesn't shake God. He loves you anyway. The Bible's very clear: if we don't have a relationship with him, with Jesus, then we go to hell. But to have one, we get to go to heaven. So, before we leave, just so I know who I'm praying with, if that's you and you say tonight's my night, I'm gonna let God open my eyes. I'm gonna give my heart to him. Tonight's the night. If that's you, so I know who I'm praying with, I'm gonna ask if you would just put a hand up real quick. So that's me. I need to get things right. Thank you, thank you. See your hands. Thank you. Praise God. Praise God. Who else? I see you, I see you. Come on. Who else? Praise God, I see y'all. Who else? See you back there. Praise God. Who else? just time, just time. Time to be consistent. If you keep messing up. Hey, just keep saying sorry. Start somewhere. Come on, who else? Anybody else before we pray? I see you. Praise God. Anybody else? I see you, I see you. Move on, them Father. Thank you, Father. They'll be consistent from this point on. Consistently getting up. Come on. Family, if y'all would, let's pray with them. If y'all would, say this with me. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to show me how much you love me. God, I need your help. Show me how to love. Show me how to forgive. Like you love and like you forgive me. Tonight, I choose Jesus as Lord of my life. I'm all in, God. I love you, in Jesus' name, amen. All right. Congratulations, fam. Yeah, sure.